0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is such an important phrase that the Lord is saying, especially to the Pharisees, and it's important for us to understand why Jesus is saying that to the Pharisees. These these men, these religious leaders, were so focused on just doing the ritual practices, doing the religious practices, and they were forgetting that, Their life and their vocation and their call and God choosing them was more than just doing some rituals or practicing their religion. It was much deeper than that. And so they got so caught up in this that they forgot what religion is even about. It's so interesting, actually, that in this gospel, they're so focused on Jesus breaking the Sabbath. There was a rule that you had to keep the Sabbath holy. This is a commandment that even we believe. It's one of the Ten Commandments, to keep the Sabbath holy. And so they couldn't do any work, and they believed that even healing was work. And so they wanted to test Jesus. And that's why they bring this man here. Now what's really interesting is the history of Israel... The reason why the Pharisees were so keen about not breaking the Sabbath is because hundreds of years before this, the Israelites were exiled to Babylon. The Babylonians came and took the Israelites and moved them to Babylon. They were exiled there. And one of the reasons they were moved from Jerusalem was because they broke the Sabbath. So they were so worried about breaking the Sabbath again, they were afraid of God. The Pharisees were literally afraid of God and they didn't want to break the Sabbath again because they didn't want to be exiled again. Their entire relationship or their entire faith or religion was based off of fear. It wasn't based off of love or mercy. And that's why Jesus says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. What's beautiful is we see this point even further with this man with a withered hand. We see this man with a withered hand, and what's beautiful is in the Greek, because the gospel is written in Greek, in the Greek, withered means to be spiritually dry or spiritually bare. And Jesus tells the man to stretch out his hand. And in the Greek, to stretch out means to cast out, to let it go. So there's something deeper about this man than just a hand that needed healing. This man was dry spiritually, broken spiritually, weak, tired, in pain. And we know that even further because when Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees, he tells them, if a sheep fell into a pit, wouldn't you drag it out on the Sabbath? Because Jesus is comparing this man with a withered hand. He's comparing him to a sheep who has fallen into a deep pit. How many times have we fallen so deep that we're just kind of in this pit? Some of us have fallen even to our own rock bottom. And Jesus is showing us this. I think we're so afraid to be weak. And we're so afraid to be broken. Because just as Chaldeans, we love to put on a face of perfection We love to put on a face that everything is okay, that nothing is wrong with my family. I have a perfect family. We don't have problems. We don't have issues. My marriage is perfect. And we like to put on this face of perfection, as if nothing is wrong. My favorite are Christmas cards, right? We're going to see them all pretty soon. (laughs) And we love to put on this face of perfection, but my brothers and sisters, sometimes there's something much deeper happening. Sometimes there's something much deeper going on than we can even imagine. As a priest, what I've seen is everybody has some brokenness. Everyone has some weakness. And so we can stop playing fake. We can stop playing like, like life is just perfect and awesome. We all have brokenness. We all have weakness. And that is perfectly okay. Okay. God can use us more when we are broken and when we are weak. Because it is then that we are most vulnerable. It is then that God can enter the most. And that's why he invites this man with the withered hand. He knows how broken, how dry, how bare, how weak, how sinful this man is. And he doesn't condemn him. He doesn't cast him out. He doesn't exile him. He loves him. He gives him mercy. He forgives him. Now, in our own brokenness, there are so many things that that we can turn to in our brokenness. But my brothers and sisters, the things we turn to are worthless, are pointless. What has alcohol ever done for you? What has weed ever done for you? What have relationships outside of marriage ever done for you? When Jesus Christ has given his entire life. Jesus Christ has risked everything. And that's why in my brokenness and in my weakness, I need to run towards him rather than away from him. Even though that's what my heart desires the most, right? when I'm broken, sometimes the last person I want is Jesus. The last person I want to go to is Jesus. Because I want to blame my brokenness and my pain on him. But he wants us. In this gospel, Jesus is making a very important point. When he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, Something greater than the temple is here. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. What Jesus is doing here, he's claiming himself as God. He's telling the Pharisees in a hidden way that he is God, that he is the Messiah. And it goes even further when he heals the man. They ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus does not care. Jesus doesn't care what these Pharisees think, he doesn't care what they're going to do to him. He heals the man because Jesus takes risks. Jesus takes risks. He knew that by healing this man, they would try to destroy him. And that's exactly what happens. Do we even remember why Jesus was crucified to the cross? Because they didn't agree with him. They crucified him, they killed him because they hated him. And the more that Jesus was going to heal people, the more that Jesus was going to preach, the more that people would hate him, and eventually Jesus knew it would lead to his death. And Jesus did that, knowing that, and he healed this man, knowing that, because Jesus takes risks. What about us, though? When was the last time we took a risk for God? When was the last time that I put myself last and I put God first? There are so many moments in our lives where we can risk things for God. Some of us are in relationships that we shouldn't even be in, and we know God doesn't want us in that relationship, but we continue on with this relationship. And we know the right thing to do is to end this relationship. And we know that's a big risk, and we know it'll hurt us, and we know it'll be hard, but why don't we do it? Sometimes just coming to mass is a risk. Think about, especially the Sunday night mass, right? Some of you are probably at families' houses or with people, and it's a risk to tell people, Sorry, I have to go, I have to go to mass. Because we're afraid of what people will think or what people will say, like, Why are you going to mass? When was the last time I took a risk for God? When Jesus risked his entire life for me and for you. He gave everything. But sometimes we're so cheap with God that we don't want to give him everything. Because in reality, we don't really trust him. God, I'll give you this part of my life. I'll give you this part of my life. But this part, I'm going to hold on to that for right now. That's cheap. That's not what God would want. You see, Jesus, the Lord, our Savior, didn't just create half of us. Jesus created our whole self. Every single thing we have in life is a gift from God, given to us by Him. We would be nothing without God. Talk about spiritually dry and bare. We would be completely empty without the Lord. So my brothers and sisters, if we come to this church today, broken or weak, praise God. Praise God. You know, oftentimes the Lord wants us to be broken and weak because it humbles us. And humility means relying on God. And sometimes I need a trauma in my life in order to wake up my dead heart. That's why God allows these things. And so don't be angry, don't be afraid, but come to him and let him transform who you are. Amen.